Are you looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Ryan James Miller. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. Thanks for taking some time to uh, share your time with me today. And uh, I'm really looking forward to an opportunity to chat with, interview the guest that I have on the other end of the line. Uh, that's Dr. Rhett Polka, and he is the founder of the 180 System. It's a, he's a physical therapist, and I'm going to let him explain a little bit more about what he does uh, so I don't butcher it. But I was really intrigued by, he's already laughing because probably people do that. Um, I, I was really intrigued because I heard about Dr. Polka through another podcast that I listened to. Uh, to some, it may be relevant because I talk about CrossFit a lot. To others, you're going to have no idea what I'm talking about. But I heard him on a podcast that uh, uh, is participated by and uh, kind of led by Rich Froning, who is a, a multi-times, multi-time CrossFit Games champion and um, everything that Rhett said on here, and I'm going to keep going back and forth between Dr. and Rhett and we'll figure it out. Um, but everything that he said was just so counterintuitive to what a lot of the medical field says about things. And I'm an ignorant guy when it comes to this. And so I'm just, I'm really excited to hear uh, kind of why you think the things that you do and, and how that's played out in your practice. So welcome Dr. Polka to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. So I've already I've already beat it up by like calling you by your first name and then calling you Dr. Polka. And so we should start there. What do you prefer to people call you? Either way is fine. Either Rhett or Dr. Polka is fine. All right. We're just going to keep going back and forth and then that way it'll help. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I said founder of 180 and, and obviously you are a physical therapist, but why don't you help uh, everybody understand a little bit better? Who are you and what do you do? Uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. Okay. So I am, I've, uh, I received my doctor of physical therapy in 2000. So I've been practicing, uh, physical therapy since then, uh, early in my career, I got extremely frustrated with the conventional model of physical therapy, the, um, limited long-term results that I was getting doing what I thought at that time was everything you could possibly do. Um, so about a year into my career, I just said, forget it. I'm not going to do this stuff anymore. Um, anything that I know that doesn't work, I'm tossing it and I'm going to go back and try to figure out different ways to do this or better ways to do this. And if I can't find a better way, I need to get out of here and get in a different industry and just do something completely different. Um, so since that time, uh, I, well, at that time I started playing around with different thought processes, different treatment strategies, combining, um, some of the, uh, the things that I thought I learned in school, uh, with more continuing education classes, with more reading, with more looking through the research, that kind of stuff. And finally came up with the 180 system. Um, so about, uh, three to four years into my career, I left the clinic that I was working out outpatient clinic, um, seeing everything from sports medicine to Medicare, that kind of stuff left, went out on my own zero business experience, had no clue what I was doing. Um, knew that I didn't want to mess around with it, uh, insurance. So I actually started my original clinic as a cash-based clinic, um, and things took off and here I am, uh, it's been 13 years since opening, uh, 180 physical therapy, um, and things are growing. Uh, we're four and a half years into the patent process with the 180 system. And as you said, um, the things that I talked about with Rich on his podcast uh, fly in the face of conventional physical therapy, athletic training, massage, 
um, some personal training thought processes, um, the opposite of chiropractic, that kind of stuff. So when I put this together, I started calling it the 180 system because it's the opposite of everything that you've done before, the opposite of what they tell you to do when you get out into, into the clinic as a physical therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you have already, you've already shared so many gems that I'm going to go back and try and retrace a little bit because, uh, so yeah, people listening, uh, to my podcast, typically it's everybody from, there's definitely the fit, fitness enthusiast, but there are a lot of just entrepreneurs and business owners and, and many of them started the same way, right? They were fed up with whatever they had seen, whether it was in an organization or in an industry, and they wanted to do something different. So that alone, that that kind of um, that boiling point for you, I've been uh, reading a book by Malcolm Gladwell called The Tipping Point. And so he says it's the tipping point, like that point for you when you thought like, this is dumb, I, I, I don't want to do it this way anymore. Um, so what what was it that 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 push you over the edge though, because, you know, a lot of people get fed up, but then they don't actually take any action after being fed up, right? They just continue to either deal with it or they totally change to a completely different career. So why did you want to stick with it, but do something so different? Or let me add on to another um, thing that people do is they just get so beat down by it that they become what they didn't want to be because it just wears them down. So mm -hmm. in my case, um, I actually came back. The first job that I had at a, after, uh, out of physical therapy school was at a clinic that I was actually a patient at when I was in um, junior high and high school with regular like sports injury type stuff. Um, so when I came back, I thought, you know, this was really cool when I was a patient because I was into um, orthopedic type things. I was into strength and conditioning and, and coming back years and years later, I thought, you know, they're going to be doing really cool stuff. Uh, way different than they were doing back in 1989 when I was a patient there. And turns out they were doing the exact same stuff that they were doing <laughs> in 1989, which, which was red flag number one for me. And I was like, you know, you know, you know they've been in this industry for a long time. So, you know, you kind of get in your stuck in your ways and that kind of stuff. So maybe as I learn some new things, I can get that to them that can rub off on them. They'll change their ways. Um, well, that didn't happen. They were perfectly fine doing what they were doing. Um, I was seeing patients and, you know, patients thought I was really nice guy. They felt like they felt better when they left their range of motion was better. They felt like they might be a little bit stronger, all that stuff that you're supposed to work on as a physical therapist. But when they would come back, they would say, yeah, you know, I felt better. You know, my motion was better for like a day or two. And it's the same as it was now, as it was when I came to see you last time. Or I'd run into somebody at the grocery store and say like, hey, how's your shoulder doing? I haven't seen you for a couple months after I discharged you. And they'd say, oh, you know, it was great for about a week and then everything came back. So I'm having surgery or I'm seeing a different physical therapist or I'm going to massage two times a week, something like that. So I was like, you know, this really doesn't make any sense. I, I'm making people feel better, but that's not my job. Um, so one of the major problems with our field is everybody thinks and a lot of practitioners think that it's our goal to help people manage symptoms. That's what I figured out. That's that's not what I went to school for seven years to do. My goal is to return people to their normal functional state or better than what they thought their normal functional state was by fixing the root cause of their problem, not just covering up the symptoms. Hmm. Okay, so... So that is a huge shift in, we, we talked about this offline a minute, but like, um, that is a huge shift in mindset, right? Like you, you have to have a totally different mindset as a doctor 
to to do that, right? Because most doctors, and again, this is you know a lot of ignorance. I've had some exposure to the to the medical field, but not not enough to speak as an expert. But you know, most doctors are taught to treat symptoms, not to find the root cause of a problem. So you have to have just a completely different mindset. So is that something that is just like inherently in you, or were there other people around that were kind of influencing you? Maybe even in other areas of life. I mean, was was there something else that really always caused you to wanna wanna Go go beyond what what the status quo was. I know you, uh, you know you mentioned that on your website, but like, is there something beyond that? Um, I think there was something in me that that was frustrated with the status status quo, um, up to the point of going to PT school. You know, I was always an athlete, always competitive, um, wanted to be seen as the best one. Um, after I played, got done with college football, I did some competitive lifting. I wanted to be the best one. I wanted to have all the records, all that kind of stuff. So that kind of mindset I felt like was kind of like fading the longer I was in the conventional model of physical therapy, because I really wasn't pushing to be as good as I could be. So, um, the whole root cause analysis thing actually came later, like as I was working on putting together the system, um, it just, it just kind of like fell into place where I was like, you know, looking through all these physiology books and saying, you know, why are we stretching people when physiology says that's not what you should be doing? Why are we doing massage? Why are we trying to make muscles relax when muscles are a contractile tissue? Why are we doing that? So as I kept taking apart things and asking the question, then it finally came apparent to me, well, what I'm doing here is trying to find the root cause. And that's, mm-hmm. isn't that what everybody should be doing? Why, why are we just settling for somebody coming in saying my foot hurts and us looking at their foot and saying, okay, I'll make your foot feel better. What we should be saying is, okay, let's figure out what's going on outside of your foot that could be feeding into the foot and you know, how that's affecting the big picture. Yeah. So like, you know, um, I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, like I follow you on Instagram and, um, now you pose questions and I don't even want to answer them anymore because no matter what, I feel like I'm going to have the wrong answer, but, <laughs> but it, it's great. Right. I mean, I, I have one up because I wanted to go back and just like give an example. You know, you were talking about like the three biggest mistakes when treating plantar fasciitis are calf stretching, rolling and inserts, which is hilarious because those are the things that everybody <laughs> does, right? Like yeah, everybody does that. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. When they come in, we say, okay, have you tried to do anything for this? They say those three things. And I'll say, okay, so the good news is you've done all the stuff that you shouldn't be doing. So once we get rid of the, <laughs> the wrong stuff, we've already got half of your problem fixed. And then we'll replace that with the right stuff. That'll fix the other half of the problem. And you should be out of here in a couple of visits. That's awesome. Okay. So, so, so uh, in that vein, how much of that problem let's just say not 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 the plantar fasciitis problem how much of the problem of uh treat the symptom make people feel better is driven by the doctor and and it could be education and other things that that have gotten them to that point how much of it is the doctor and how much it is the culture that wants quick fix for everything oh that's i mean that's huge uh the quick fix you know or the latest fad you know i my my i have patients come in and say, well, my friend, my friend is doing this laser machine or my friend is doing this foam rolling machine and they gave me this stuff and I actually feel worse. Well, yeah, because your friend is not a doctor and your friend doesn't know how to take apart what's going on with you biomechanically to figure out what the problem is. So, you know, mashing on tissue because that tissue hurts really doesn't make any sense. Um, So part of it is we are definitely in an age where people want things now. I mean, 
you can sit down and write an email right now and somebody get it 10 seconds from now, respond to you and give you the answer to you want. Whereas, you know, back in the eighties, you had to, you know, call somebody, hope you reach them, maybe leave a voicemail or write a letter and wait a couple of days. So it's definitely, we want, we want to feel better now society. Um, same thing if you like look a lot of like personal training or diet type stuff, people, people don't want to work out. They don't want to eat right. They just want the latest quick fix thing to make them feel better. Um, and when it doesn't work in two days, they go looking for the next quick fix. Yep. So that's oh, huge. Man. Um, and then the other aspect that you brought up with the physicians, I mean, physicians are physicians, which they don't, they're not there to prescribe exercises. Unfortunately, they don't um, either have time because of the constraints of, you know, insurance, that kind of stuff, or they just don't want to spend the time to educate people of this is why you have your problem. I'm going to send you to this physical therapist because they're going to go further into, you know, figuring out what's causing your pain or your swelling and fix that for them. So um, luckily, we've got a base of patients. Um, physicians that are around us that we've educated and they understand, okay, 180 is doing something totally different than every other physical therapist that I can refer you to. So this is why I want you to go to 180. And they kind of, and they leave it to us. They don't, you know, a typical physician would circle, you know, I want you to do ultrasound and I want you to put this person in orthotics and I want you to do, you know, back stretching with them. When they send us a patient, they just say evaluate and treat because they know 90% of the stuff that they think they should be telling them to do is not what we're going to give them to do. Hmm. And so how did you, cause this is, this is a good point of application for anybody listening to this. So how did you build enough trust and credibility, um, with this new way of doing things, uh, to, to get patients to come to you and then to get doctors, uh, in other areas to start referring patients to you? Like, was there a process to that? Like, did that just, it was time. What was that that really helped you to, to draw people in? Yeah, it's definitely time. Um, and I was thinking about this the other day because, uh, you know, I'm on Inst- Instagram, as you said, and s- some people I follow on Instagram just because I don't agree with anything they say and they give me good um, material to post on. Um, so the scary thing is there's a lot of people posting on social media advice that is absolutely horrible, but because they treated a professional athlete or they treated a Hollywood actor, something like that, all of a sudden everybody gives that credibility. So they go follow this person who isn't going to help you get any better, but they're going to sell a lot of whatever they're selling. Um, Since I'm in Colorado, I'm about an hour north of Denver. So I don't have, you know, Hollywood actors and professional athletes walking through my clinic. So I had to build things from the, from the ground up. So I started with everyday, um, Bob and Sue working on them and them saying, wow, that's totally opposite of everything I've tried before. I'm going to tell my friend. So we don't spend uh, money on marketing. We don't feed physicians. We don't do um, ads in the newspaper, any of that kind of stuff. Our, our referral base is, is basically driven off of our patients talking to their friends, their teammates, their family members. Um, We'll have um, a patient come in and say, you know, I was doing these stretches of basketball and I got hurt and I'll say, okay, stop doing that at basketball and let us talk to your coach. So we work with a lot of coaches to revamp their active warm up and cool down type things, get rid of the stretching. Um, so it's been a grassroots effort mostly on my part. And, and, um, you know, we've grown, um, 
And I'd say that one of the things that's kind of limited us in growth is I've, I've, I'm kind of a, a control freak. So I want um, quality control at all levels. So when I hire a therapist, they have to think like I do. They have to talk like I do. Um, so when I hand off patients, they do the same thing. So um, it's been a long time building it up. Um, and luckily now we've got several phys- physical therapists that are working with me. Um, people understand that they can do the same thing that I do. It's not like I have some kind of magical power. Um, it's actually human physiology that we're working on. So um, things are growing and getting bigger that way, but it's definitely grassroots effort that's got us this far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and 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 maybe this is a simple answer or, or or not, but like, why is it so profound to to make a statement that like you are going to treat or your system is built on science? Like, I mean, it, it seems like that should be the automatic answer, and yet it's not. And so, like, why is that such a, a big deal to have to make a statement around? So if you, if like, if I say that statement or if I just post that on Instagram, Facebook and say the 180 system is based on science, every chiropractor would read that and say, well, yeah, so is mine. It's, it's the uh, subluxation theory. So they believe that they're based on science, just like a conventional physical therapist would say, well, yeah, I'm based on science too, because I'm doing corrective exercises and I'm doing myofascial release in that science. So they don't, the problem is they're not taking apart their thinking Um, They're basing their thinking on incorrect um, inferences that have been handed down decades of decades of physical therapists, massage therapists, chiropractors, athletic trainers. So the great news is I, you know, I thought I was totally out on my own on this until I got on Instagram. um, And I just got on Instagram right around where I did the Froning and Friends podcast and found out that there's a lot of physical therapists, chiropractors, massage therapists, personal trainers that actually think a lot like I do. So um, it's been, you know, eye-opening for me to say, hey, there's a guy in Philadelphia that's saying the exact same things that I'm saying. I need to get with that guy and we need to educate more people. So the good thing is when I look at Instagram, I see a lot of physical therapy students that are saying, you know, um, I follow this guy on Instagram and I did what he said and it really works. So there's, there's definitely people out there that are doing that. And there's definitely people that are on the other side of the fence that think they're using science. But when you actually sit down and have a conversation with them and I'll, you know, I've talked to some people that have called me, um, we link up on Instagram and they'll say, well, what do you mean when you say, you know, the opposite muscle is the problem? So I take them through that and it's more me asking them questions. So they have to take apart their thinking and say, you know what? I never thought about that. You know what? I never looked at it that way. So once you get people to actually break down their thought process, they realize that they thought they were doing something that was science driven, but what they were actually doing was just repeating what they had been told. And they're just basically trying to modify and chase symptoms. Yeah. Gosh, again, I mean, just like, this is such fire. I, I hope people here again, Definitely in the fitness space, uh, but I think just in general, like so much of that is so critical to fixing so many problems that we have. And 
and yet people just continue to do the same thing over and over and over again and repackage it in different ways. Right. Right. It's like, right. um, you know, the, the, in, in your field, right. It's like the, the brand new next great supermarketed physical therapist doing the same thing that everybody's always done, but he yeah. spent a bunch of money to like make himself look really good and have a bunch of followers. And so now everybody right. thinks that that's the new cool way. Right. And the, the, the crazy thing is, if you look at the stuff that we were doing that, you know, the treatment strategies that I was receiving as a patient in the 80s, that stuff might be gone. That specific thing might be gone. But there's just another gadget that's basically, you know, sold as doing the same thing now. So it's, it's 1980s or 1970s or 19, even 60s technology that's wrapped up in 2018 marketing and people fall for it because they're like, oh, well, you know, you know, this famous athlete used it, so it must really work. That's not the way it works. So you can't just wrap up a turd and then tell and call it something different, huh? <laughs> yeah. Hot garbage is hot garbage, no matter what you put it in. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. So um, I, I'm going to come back to you a little bit first, but since we're we're on this train, um, so what are just some of of the like god awful worst things that people can do to treat joint pain, muscle issue? Like, what do you see? And you just like you cringe when you hear people do them. Well, the big, I mean, the big things now are the um, the foam rolling or the cupping or the needling or I mean the tape. Um, and when <laughs> you I mean, you mean just, I can't wrap my whole body in tape and then keep going out there? <laughs> I mean, you think that's funny, but there was a, I don't know who it was, but somebody a, a couple of days ago posted on Instagram a picture of a lady that must have been that like a getting ready to do the swim event at a um, triathlon, and she God. literally had kinesio tape on every square inch of her body. So, I thought she was just a Smurf. It was all blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Whatever hurts, just throw some tape on it. And the crazy thing is physical therapists as professionals are doing the same thing. So every time I see them do that, I'm thinking, you are giving away your profession because what you're saying is tape and needles and cups and braces and orthotics and gels and whatever else you want to throw at people to make them feel better for a half an hour is what you're going to base your, your career on. Well, guess what? You don't need to go to seven years of college to do that. You don't need a medical license to do that. Anybody, I, I mean, my son's a, a freshman in high school. He can go out on the corner and throw tape on people and use a Theragun and do all this junk that physical therapists are using and they're making the rest of us. Do you know how hard it is to do my job in educating people when I have Joe Blow physical therapist across the street doing this garbage that people think is physical therapy. So right. it's, it's just, I mean, that's, that's the thing that drives me nuts. I mean, I can understand if there's, you know, a personal trainer at a gym who sees this thing on Instagram and he doesn't have the background, um, doesn't have the medical education, doesn't understand why, why what he's doing shouldn't be done. But for somebody to have a degree and a license to do that, it just, just boggles my mind. Yep. Yep. And, and again, right. This, this is definitely not a problem specific to uh, the medical field or to physical therapy in general. Right. I mean, this is everywhere. We, again, we said this earlier, are looking for the quickest way to fix our problem. Yep. And we believe that the next best BS thing is the thing that's going to do it right. Like it's just, it's not going to work. Like you need to put the work in. Yep. And that's, uh, that, that's the problem with society. We, we've, we've got everything at our fingertips. Well, guess what? The human body isn't that easy. So you're not going to lose 20 pounds in a week by health, 
healthy means and keep that body weight off. You're not going to cure your low back pain with a Theragun. You're not going to, you know, decrease your blood pressure or whatever by taking shark cartilage. It, it actually takes some time and effort and thought process to fix these things. Yep. Yep. No, so true. Okay. So, uh, so as you, you've worked really hard to 13 years, right? To this point. Uh, 13 years since we opened the, the 180 physical therapy clinic. Yep. Yep. And so you've, you've created the system. So tell me a little bit about, because I want to know how you are going to scale this. Cause I, you know, I, from what I know of you and it's just a little bit personally, but from what I know of you talking to you today, following you, I know you're not in the get rich quick. If you were, you'd be like the next tape guy. So I know you're trying to do this the right way. So you've developed this system to help you scale. It, it's got to mean that like you're trying to get other physical therapists involved. So what are some of the things that you're trying to do to grow your business and to, and really more than that, maybe to expand your reach, to get the truth out there to more people? Um, so right now I'm basically working on two fronts. One is the clinic, getting patients into the clinic, that kind of stuff. And then two is teaching the courses in the 180 system to medical practitioners. Um, so right now I'm like caught in the middle of two worlds. So like right now, this morning, I treated patients all morning. I'm doing the podcast now. I'm going to go back and treat patients all afternoon. And then tonight I'm going to work on putting more, you know, things together to start looking at um, where we're teaching courses in 2019. Um, so my big push right now is getting the courses set so I can replicate myself because we have patients call all the time from you know, Mississippi, New York, California, Pennsylvania, Oregon saying, you know, where, how do I see somebody that does what you do? Because I watched your YouTube videos and, you know, I've been going to physical therapy and I'm not getting any better who here does what you do. And we have to say, unfortunately, you know, we've got a couple people in New York. Uh, we've got a couple people in, um, Arkansas, but we don't have, you know, people all over the place where you can just say, I want 180 and have them have somebody there to go to. So the big push right now is trying to get more um, medical practitioners, whether that's physical therapist, chiropractor, licensed massage therapist, athletic trainers, trained in the 180 system so you can go to see somebody in those other locations and actually get better. So that's, that's my big push is to basically replicate myself. So right now we're working on dates um, for, for courses in 2019. I'll be in um, Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, next month teaching a course there. And then right now on the docket, we've got New York city, Orlando, LA, um, and possibly the Charlotte area and Kansas city that we're working on for 2019 to get courses there. Wow. Um, so as I said, at the beginning, no business experience, no business education. So a lot of this has been uh, trial and error um, talking to business coaches, talking to other people saying, you know, how would you do this if you're in my situation? Um, and then trying to get as much stuff done as I can. Yeah. Okay. So, so that you started to touch on is, was going to be my next question. So you are splitting yourself, uh, in two places, right? You can't take too much away from treating patients because uh, you need to do that. That's probably what pays your bills for the most part. Um, Correct. That's, that's the good news is I've, I've been able to find a couple of therapists and train them. So I've got therapists that work in, in the clinic with me. So I've actually decreased my hours substantially through, th 
2018. So I'm only in the clinic like two days a week instead of five days a week. So okay. those other three days, I can focus on building the courses, um, social media, that kind of stuff. So if you follow us on social media, you'll notice that I kind of run in spurts. So I'll have a bunch of Instagram posts for like two or three days and then be gone and silent for a week. Well, that means <laughs> I'm treating patients that week or I'm, you know, in meetings that day or whatever. So, um, so the, 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 the replication of myself in the clinic here has happened um, and should be happening a little bit more. So, I mean, the long-term goal is to get me out of the clinic and get me teaching full-time because I've got other people in the clinic that are just as good as me. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that's the long-term vision for the clinic is, you know, get that completely dialed in. You can, in a sense, step away from that so you can run the business and not be in the business, which is the goal of many, many entrepreneurs small business owners just trying to get out of the day-to-day -day nuts and bolts of the business. And then you've scaled or you're starting to scale the online course side of things. And then also you said doing local live events, right? Where you're going in and teaching live. Right. And so that's a lot of time. That's a lot of travel. And so something that I always care to know is, so I understand you also have a wife and a couple of kids. <laughs> and so um, that, uh, as we all know, is a grand responsibility uh, coupled with a lot of time. And so how do you manage that in the midst of all of this? So our house is pretty crazy um, <laughs> with me doing all my stuff. My wife is a elementary school principal, so she's, you know, putting in 10 hour days, five days a week and then doing work on the weekends. Our kids, we have one who's a junior in high school at one high school. We have another one who's a freshman in high school at a different high school. So we've got four people going four different directions all the time. Um, wow. So usually on the weekends we can, you know, get together for something or, um, you know, one of the boys has, you know, like a lacrosse tournament. So we all go and hang out and watch lacrosse, that kind of stuff. Um, but family time is definitely, um, hard to get when you've got people that are as busy as we're and it's, it's all different directions. Um, fortunately through, you know, building my business, I was still able to coach my kids, little league stuff. Um, so that was kind of like my way of staying, you know, in touch with my kids was through sports. Um, our oldest son not only plays sports, but he's also um, in uh, performing arts, which was m my wife's wheelhouse. She was a dancer forever. So she gets to do that stuff with him. Um, so we still have things that we do with the kids because, you know, they share some of the loves and interests that we had growing up as, at their age. So that's pretty much our outlet, just sports and then, um, staying on top of his, um, you know, singing and dancing and acting and all that kind of stuff. So just a couple of things that seems to get pretty crazy. I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So. Uh, as you think to, you know, uh, we're recording at the tail end of 2019. This will, this will probably, uh, post somewhere around early 2019, uh, or sorry, end of 2018 post in early 2019. And so, uh, as you think about kind of, you know, new year, you reset, we all kind of do that setting some goals for yourself. So what is one thing that you hope to add to your business? And it could be this next year. It could be just, you know, in the future, what is one thing that you really think you need to add to your business to kind of take it to the next level? Um, I can think of a couple of things, but I, uh, the thing that's going to be 
the first thing that I need to add um, is probably going to be, we'll, I'll probably start a search here for another therapist for the clinic um, to get me completely out of the patient treatment day-to-day stuff and put me into the um, courses and teaching things a hundred percent. And is that a pretty intensive process? I mean, you gotta go, you gotta find somebody, you gotta interview them. I mean, you have to yep. just vet them so, so much. Like, yeah, does that take quite rough. a bit? Yep. And the, fortunately with the guys that I've hired, uh, recently, um, they're both from Florida actually. Um, so I posted online looking for a physical therapist. They got a hold of me, looked at the website and said, Hey, this looks different. This looks cool. Um, and they both said, you know, I, could I come out and shadow you for a day? Because this looks like something that they don't teach us in school. And I was like, yep, fantastic. I don't think I could hire you without you coming here and actually understanding what it is that you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both came out, hung out for, you know, a half a day. And then at lunch kind of, we went and debriefed and said, okay, did that make sense? Does that understand? Do you understand why we're screening? Do you understand what we're doing manual therapy wise? Do you understand the the exercise progression looked different than what you've seen before. And they're like, yeah, this is awesome. This is where I want to be. I don't want to be in a cookie cutter PT mill. Um, so brought both of those guys on, they both moved here from Florida. Um, and they've been killing it ever since they got here. So that process takes quite a while to first find somebody who on paper looks good enough to interview, then find somebody that you interview and say, okay, I think you're good, but you've got to be willing to come out here on your own dime and hang out for a day and make sure this is what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but like with everything that I've done, you know, it takes a lot longer to do it that way, but it works a lot better than doing it the quick and easy way. Absolutely. And then do you do any, um, any kind of vetting at all for people that want to, uh, I don't want to say by engage in your, uh, online system. So if they want to go through the 180 system, I mean, do they have to meet any minimum qualifications? Like how do you protect the integrity of the system, uh, as it goes out online? Yeah, that's, and so the stuff that we have online right now, um, they can, anybody can get on and take a look at, we've got, I think it's a six or seven part video series that breaks down the 180 system, um, um, aspect by aspect. So they can get on there and watch that and say, yeah, this really looks like I want more information or they can look at it and say, I don't understand what the heck this guy's talking about. I'm not doing this. Um, and if they like it, then they can go on and watch a webinar, which will go into more detail. Um, but as far as vetting people to take the, the live courses, that would be almost impossible to do. Um, and at this time, like the, the class that I'm teaching next month, I think we have 18 people signed up for that class. And I understand going into it that probably not all 18 are going to walk out of there going, this is the best thing I've ever seen. I'm going to, you know, dedicate my career to doing this. But if I can get half of them to say, this is what I'm doing. I'm not doing the old stuff anymore um, and really run with it. And the other half to kind of say, yeah, I want to play with this and see if it works. I'll be thrilled because it's an industry that is geared towards thinking a certain way. And we're going against that thinking. So we're going against the grain of what everybody has been taught or been doing. Um, So quality control, I've thought about that. So as we get going and we get courses going, um, that will definitely be quality control with, you know, if people say, you know, we want to be, you know, be able to use the 180 system logo in our clinic and say that, you know, we're 180 system therapists, that kind of stuff. Um, that would be something that I would say, okay, then you're going to spend a day with me in the clinic and we're going to run through this stuff and make sure that you're really getting what you're supposed to be getting out of this. 
Um, but as far as getting somebody before taking the course, I, I, you can't really do that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just, uh, I, I'm sure you like, you know, so many, you know, uh, business owners, professionals, like, you know, the integrity of your brand is really everything because uh, as it spreads, which you want it to, right. Because it's just such a better way to deliver, uh, this, a uh, care treatment service to the mass. Um, you've got to protect against people that, you know, go through your course and then they go back to bad habits or they just do something bad. And then, you know, it's a, it's a poor representation on you. And so, yeah, I'm sure that's something that you've got to consider as you, as you look, you know, three, five, 10, whatever, 20 years into the future. Right. And the good thing with this course that's coming up in Little Rock is it's actually one, um, clinic or the, this, the owner of this clinic has four clinics and all of these physical therapists work for her. Um, so they're going to be with each other the whole, I mean, once I leave and they're practicing this, the good thing is they're going to have each other to bounce ideas off of and questions off of that kind of stuff. So, you know, the great thing for her and her people there is they can say, we're the only ones in the area that do this. So if you want the 180 system and you're anywhere near a little rock, you've got to come to one of our four clinics. Um, so I think that's going to be a really good way for those people to get really good because they're around each other all the time. So they can practice, ask questions, that kind of stuff. So if they, you know, email me a question and I don't get back to them for a day or two, and it's something that I've got, you know, I've got to shoot a video to, to demonstrate what we're talking about. Um, since they've got other people in their clinic that took the course, they can ask them and say, oh yeah, that's how that's supposed to be and kind of figure things out. Yep. No, Absolutely. Okay, so um, I, I, I've seen you uh, reference a few people, uh, again, on Instagram uh, that, that seem to have some influence on you. I've seen you reference Tim Ferriss and Lewis Howes. And uh, so for you, like who, who influences your drive to continue to succeed, good habits? Uh, who, who, who is that one person or those people that, that have the most influence on you? Um, professionally... Um just in, in just by, you know, not really knowing these people, but through what I see on Instagram, social media stuff, um, like the clinical athlete, any of those guys, especially, um, uh, uh, Quinn Hennick. I mean, I think he does fantastic work. He's a physical therapist and he's exercise based, which is what I am too. Um, so I think he's one of the main guys that I follow on Instagram. Um, as far as, you know, when you were asking that question, the first thing that popped in my head was I just read a book called uh, Relentless by Tim Grover. Um, that's one of the things, as I read that book, I was reading and going, this is me. Hmm. So um, for those of you who have read it, I, I'm reading that book and going, you know, there's times where I'm trying to figure out why do I do this? Why am I so, why am I so, you know, demanding that this is done right? Why can't I let this slide? And then I read that book and I'm going through it going, this is me. I'm a cleaner. This is, I want things done the right way. I demand things be the right way. Um, so that's one book that I read and it really explained a, a lot of who I am and the reasons I do things the way I do things. Um, you know, as far as people that I'm like actually in touch with and, and communicate with on a personal basis. Um, fortunately I, you know, grew up with great friends. Um, my parents, um, I was the only child. Um, so my parents were a big part of my life. I didn't have brothers and sisters, which I've, I think was a good thing because I liked being left alone, that kind of stuff. Um, 
<laughs> but um, I definitely like one of the things that Tim Ferriss always said are the sum of the five people that you hang around with the most. So I've made it a practice since I was young um, that I don't, you know, if somebody wants to do something that I don't agree with, I just don't hang out with them. You can go do whatever you want. But I try to surround myself with like-minded people who have purpose and know their why, that kind of stuff. Um, so I think those things, and, and those are the kind of people that I surround myself, like you brought up Tim Ferriss. I don't miss a Tim Ferriss podcast. I usually listen to him two or three times. I might take notes and look up other things that he references. So everything to me is the people that I am um, interacting with, even though you know I don't know Tim Ferriss, but through his podcast, I feel like he's a mentor that I can use. So I try to use everything that happens during the day as some kind of a learning process to help me keep getting better or getting closer to reaching my goals. Yeah, that's great. And, and, and I think that's so applicable to everybody. Um, because again, like we don't, it's definitely beneficial if we have those close people around us that um, can help to drive us to be successful, hold us accountable, uh, turn us around when we're going in the wrong direction. But even people at a distance, you know, can be so influential. And so, you know, for somebody like yourself, you know, uh, physical therapists, even athletes, whether that is professional or just recreational, you know, can follow somebody like you and can be influenced in really, really positive ways to take better care of themselves, to be better at their job. And so I think we're just in that age. I mean, that's why podcasts like this probably exist, right? Is like, we're looking to hear from other people and we can be influenced in such great ways by people we don't even come in contact with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just doing the the Froning and Friends podcast. I mean, that opened doors. I I uh, had the opportunity of going down and working with a couple of the or, um, LA Chargers a couple months ago, and I'll be working with them again here probably in a week or so. Um, the things that we're doing with the courses in Orlando and Kansas City and New York City, like that stuff, those doors wouldn't have opened if it wasn't for people in those areas hearing the podcast and then looking into it more. Um, so definitely, I mean podcast, social media, that kind of stuff is, is something that, um, can take you from, you know, just doing a, you know, a really good job with a small amount of people to blowing the doors off and, and making things really big. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. Well, I mean, again, you know, that, that, that's how you and I got, you know, connected and I appreciate so much of, all that you're doing, I think, you know, at, at the base level from just the fact of, you know, you weren't, you weren't willing to take the status quo and uh, the norm. You really wanted to push uh, the boundaries on, on what had been done, but also what was possible. And I've learned so much from it. And every time something uh, that you share something, uh, I'm telling other people about it in my gym and, you know, just other friends. Cause I think that again, whether it's, it's from a fitness perspective or otherwise, there's just so much to learn. So I really appreciate that. I had that opportunity to, to, to meet you, you know, through a means like that. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's been a huge blessing and benefit to me. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity and reaching out. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, all right. So we're going to wrap up again, Dr. Rhett Polka. I'm going to make sure that every single person uh, gets into contact with you. I'm just going to just, just going to light the megaphone up and, and make sure that uh, everybody is aware. We're going to, uh, I'll uh, tag you and uh, make sure to include all your contact information in the show notes, as well as some social media posts that go out. I know you're on Instagram website. Is there anywhere else that people can find you? YouTube, I think you said too, right? 
Yeah, and um, the the best place to kind of stay in touch with us and see the latest um, things is Instagram. Um, I'll, I repost from Instagram to Facebook too. Um, getting the face, getting the YouTube channel, some fresh videos is on the docket for Christmas break. So I'll be filming some new stuff there. So hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, I've got some new stuff on YouTube. Um, if you're a patient wanting to know about more, more about, uh, 180 physical therapy and what we do, just go to O N E the number eight, the number zero PT.com. So 180 PT.com. That's, um, more patient information. If you're a practitioner who wants to learn the 180 system and find out more about what we're doing, get course information, that kind of stuff, you would go to the 180 system.com. So the O N E, the number eight, the number zero system.com. Awesome. All right. Well, with that, I'm going to close with one of your quotes and sign off here uh, from Instagram. Uh, you'd posted uh, just a few weeks ago, I think, said uh, saying something is a start. Acting on what you say is progress. Believing in what you say is growth. And I think that you have done that believing to such great degrees. And I think that that's just demonstrated in all that you're doing to serve the community at large. And so I really appreciate you again, Dr. Polka. I look forward to more conversations with you and I can't wait to see what 2019 holds for you. So thanks again, bud, so much. All right. I'll stay in touch and, and uh, I'm sure you'll know what's going on. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Excellence Mindset with Ryan James Miller. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit ryanjamesmiller.com. We'll catch you next time.